This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Take a deep breath. Relax. Inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Sit back and close your eyes. Gradually release the tension, starting from your toes, working up your legs to your pelvis, and from your fingertips, slowly up your arms to your shoulders. The Stacking Benjamins Show, no matter how bad it gets, is your favorite podcast. I will count backwards from three, and when I snap my fingers... You'll be overcome with delight at hearing the start of this episode. Three, two, one. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and on today's podcast, we're cranking out ideas for entrepreneurs both young and young at heart. Joining us from the hit TV show, Biz Kids, we welcome Janine Glista. Plus, in our headline segment, is working longer a better strategy? One group thinks so. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Tan, who wonders about slowly moving money into the stock market versus investing all at once, which is better. That's not all. We'll answer a letter from the mailbag and focus on the most amazing part of this show, my trivia. And now, two guys who thought that Lemonade Stand was their original entrepreneurial idea, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. My idea was Lemonade. Your idea was The Stand. I was going to say, my idea was mixing lemonade and sweet tea together. That was my idea. Oh, that could be a winner. Never heard of that before. Oh, well, there's also a variation where you put other other, uh, other things in it. Various beverages in it. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Salciha. I average Joe Money on Twitter. And uh, Mr. Mixologist himself sitting across the card table from me this morning, the one and only OG. I'm always amazed at the... Uh, you go to a party and there's somebody that actually can do that really well. I'm jealous. Like, I get jealous. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they're like, hey, what are you having? You're like, uh, I don't, I don't know, a beer. They're like, oh no, come on, we can do something cooler than that. Like, here, try this. And they're like throwing all stuff together. And you're like, oh, hey, that's pretty good. What's that? I got this back when I was a disc jockey in in college. I got this uh, bar and nightclub magazine, which was one of those free industry rags, but they always had like the drink of the month. And there was a drink at the back of one called a blue motorcycle that we tried that tasted like you were drinking Kool-Aid, but I'll tell you, don't drink that Kool-Aid. 
I'll just tell her results everybody. were not the same. No, no. He, your results may vary from mine, but mine were not good. So oh, Kool-Aid, got it. Yeah, yeah. You know what is good is posting your job to LinkedIn. OG, thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Stacking Benjamins. The best place to find great talent for your higher needs is, of course, LinkedIn. Businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. For a $50 credit toward your first job posting, visit linkedin.com slash SB. 50 bucks off. That's uh, half a Benjamin. That's a good day. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to LinkedIn. Also, thanks to magnifymoney.com. You know, if you're looking at this new money in your paycheck from the tax cut and you haven't gone down to your bank and said, you know what? Now I can start getting my debt under control. I can start putting some money in savings. I can start putting all this stuff together. What are you waiting for? But then again, why the heck are you heading down to your bank when there's this cool thing called the internet where you can do that better? You don't need one bank. You want the best in class, don't you? Best checking account, savings account, best debt control strategies. Those are all at magnifymoney.com. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money for more. The average person saves $450 when they head to magnifymoney.com. So we just say people 500 bucks in like a minute. I'm exhausted. Nice. I am so exhausted. Hang it, up, hang it up for the rest of the yes, day. Yes, that's it. Mic drop. We're out of here. Actually, we got a huge show today with a great guest. Janine Galista is, you know what? I know it's called Biz Kids of the show. Have you ever watched this show? Uh, yeah, I think so. Got yeah, a little bit of it. There's a, there's a ton of stuff in here for adults. There is so much in here. If you're at all interested in maybe a side hustle, some entrepreneurship ideas, these kids are about to make you jealous. So uh, let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. Well, Janine's here talking to kids, so we're going to kick it off by talking to the older members of our audience. And actually, everybody's going to reach this. Well, hopefully we all reach this this age where we worry about this. This comes to us from Benefits Pro, written by Marlene Satter. Listen to this. Working longer, better than saving more for retirement late in career. Workers trying to better prepare for retirement might want to reconsider how long they work before they finally cash in their chips rather than just boosting their savings rate. They'll have more of them to cash in if they do the former rather than the latter. Those are among the findings of a new paper from the National Bureau of Economic Research, The Power of Working Longer, even if just for an additional three to six months, will net workers more benefit and money, quote, in terms of increasing households' affordable, sustainable standard of living in retirement than stocking away one percentage point in savings over a 30-year period. So you could say 1% more, OG, or you can just work six months longer. What do you think? I'm interested in getting through the math on this because when I was listening to you talk about it, I was thinking, well, that's pretty obvious, right? If I am 60 years old and I'm going, shoot, how do I accelerate my savings? You know, saving an extra two or 3% this year is not going to be the same impact as working one year, right? Because obviously that's one less year of drawing from your portfolio and one more year adding to it later in life. So that makes sense. But 1% is a year for 30 years is the equivalent of working six months. That seems. Yeah. And it also says then as credible, as incredible as this may sound, the difference in effectivity gets even more pronounced the later in life, the decisions made the researchers wrote increasing retirement savings by one percentage point, 10 years before retirement has the same impact on the sustainable retirement standard of living as working a single month longer. So if you decide to increase your saving 1%, 10 years before you're going to retire, 
versus work one extra month, they're saying in this paper, it's the same, same thing. Well, I guess I would be thinking of it like this. Let's say that the average person is uh, maxing out their 401k and maxing out their Roth, right? So that's $24,000 a year. We'll say 25. So 1% of that is 250 bucks, right? So 250 bucks a year extra for 30 years at 10% really is only about 8,500 bucks. It also points out that, quote, saving an additional 1% of earnings would affect the retirement standard living much more at age 36 than at age 56, and that the impact of choosing cost-efficient assets, something recommended by financial planners to increase retirement resources, quote, diminishes with age since there are fewer years to enjoy the benefit of a lower-cost portfolio. Meaning if you're setting up a low-cost portfolio and you want that to make a big difference in your plan, do it early. That lack of friction on your portfolio makes more of a difference over long periods of time. But what's funny is when it comes to a planned retirement date and social security claiming date, it's not true saying changes to those, quote, continue to have the same impact on retirement living standards as a person ages, meaning choose as usual. Even if you're going to work a month longer, year longer, whatever that may be, choose your social security based on a whole different set of criteria, which is just getting the most out of it. Gotcha. So okay. uh, interesting statistics, not stuff I would have thought. There. Yeah, don't read into this to believe I don't have to save for retirement. I'll just right. work for months. Thanks to Kat, by the way, for sending that our way. Kat reached out and said, I think you'd find this interesting. We totally find it interesting. We'll add it to our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Our second piece, this one OG sent to me this morning, and I had to include this. This comes to us from Fox News, written by Elizabeth Zwerce. Kansas woman reportedly sued by bank after ATM dishes out $100 bills instead of fives. Kansas woman is facing a pricey lawsuit after a bank accused her of making dozens of withdrawals from a faulty ATM that was dispensing hundreds instead of fives. Hell, okay. <laughs> so I put my ATM card in. It hands me hundreds instead of fives. Yeah, you put in uh, withdrawal $20 and it throws out instead of f- four nickels it sends you and sends you 400 bucks. I think it's you, how many times you pull that lever. <laughs> My first thought is I'm going back there again and again and again. Like I'm going to keep going I'm going to I'm going to keep going and keep going and keep Call going your buddies. until it stops. But then the problem is you know, then my ethics start getting in the way. And don't get me wrong, yeah, there is exactly. there's there's no love lost in my head about big banks. And if I could ethically take a dollar out of a big bank's pocket, fantastic. That's that's like it. great for me. But yeah, uh, the Central National Bank in Wichita claimed in a January 22nd lawsuit that Christina Ocha knew that uh, ATM wasn't functioning properly and used it to receive as much money as possible, the Wichita Eagle said. (laughs) This is so great. Ochoa reportedly made more than 50 withdrawals over five days in mid-January, several of which were done in the middle of the night. According to, because when do you go for your hundreds? (laughs) I go go at about 2 a.m., according to documents obtained by the Eagle. The bank wants her to pay back $11,607.36 plus interest, the outlet said. So all they really want her to do is to pay back the extra money she took, it sounds like. So so the interesting thing here is that I think they're going to have a hard time proving this because further down in the article, she has the receipts that show that they kicked out $5 bills. Lawsuit also names Ochoa's mother, Christy, since she reportedly drove her daughter to the bank. Mom's like, hells yeah. 
<laughs> let's let's go back. Gotta get my mom's involved in this. Quote, the first time the ATM dispensed more money than what was due, Christine and Christie had a duty to return the surplus funds to the bank. Not only did they fail to do so, but they capitalized on the situation by making a series of over 50 structure withdrawals, mostly within minutes of each other, and transaction at all hours of the night in order to expose Central to more loss. I don't understand. Just like the bank has a duty to, uh, when you put your deposit in at 4 o'clock, but they take your check out at 8 o'clock right. in the morning. They go, well, you didn't have any money, so that'll be $35. And then you have to call the bank and walk into the branch and say, this is baloney. You know, the money was there. And they go, well, not at 8 o'clock in the morning. You're like, it's the same freaking business day, people. And also, just like banks have a duty to arrange transactions in the order they occurred. Oh, wait. They don't do oh, that wait. either. They don't do that. Or or my favorite is when, when they say, ooh, this is a $3,000 check. Yeah, we're going to have to hold on to this for like five days. You right. Know, Why? Don't you have a new law called Check 21 where the money is instantly pulled out of the other account? Yeah, we have that law. I wrote it from my other account. Like, this is my check. I can show you the, the statement that shows that you've taken the money already out of this account. Why will you not let me count it in this account yet? They're like, well, we have to make sure it goes through, okay? The bank takes their own medicine, their uh, Wichita bank. Yeah, the bank claims that instead of the fourteen one thousand four hundred eighty-five dollars Christina should have received, she was actually given fourteen thousand one hundred and twenty. The Wichita Eagle spoke to the Ochoas, who said they did nothing wrong. Christy Ochoa told the outlet her daughter never received larger bills and has receipts as proof of her transactions. There's, there's what you were saying. Uh-oh. We, we don't have anything. Yeah, here's my receipt. Uh- I kept it. It says here I took out $20, got four nickels. Christy claimed her daughter made that many transactions in the short period of time because she wanted enough $5 bills to create a, quote, money cake as a gift for someone, the Eagle said. You can't type in the number of fives you want at the ATM, so that's why we did multiple transactions, Christy told the outlet. She also said her daughter had to use the ATM because the bank was closed. Oh, so yes. Yeah, so in the morning, obviously. Yeah, so she wanted fives in particular, so she, it was a $5 transaction. She continually just did a $5. Yes, I get how they're the only ones that did this because who the hell goes to the ATM machine and says, I want five bucks? I didn't know that there were ATM machines that you could get five bucks out of. Apparently, there's not going to be in the next few days. <laughs> I know, not in this one. <laughs> gonna be Where's a- the article about the employee who loaded the ATM machine? Being, <laughs> I worked at a bank when I was a kid a long time ago, and the first day, the first day, it was like really super busy, and I had just finished my training. I'm like, I got this. I just did all this training for a week. I don't know how to do this. For a and, week. And, oh, yeah, after a week. Right. And so I'm at the teller window, and I'm shucking and jiving, and I'm feeling pretty good. And you know, my shift ends. They go, great. Oh, gee, we got to cash out your drawer. Uh, do the math. And I'm like, sure. And they go, tick, 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 tick. They're like, and you're 450 bucks short. And I'd been working for like two hours. <laughs> Obviously, I pressed the wrong buttons, but I was sweating bullets when they're sitting there telling me, yes, I mean, you're 400 bucks short. I mean, did you just stuff it in your pockets or something? Like, where's the money? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we got it rectified. I was uh, making deposits and and withdrawals in the wrong category, I guess. But nevertheless, Hmm. a little taste of their own medicine there. Yeah. Uh, Something tells me, though, that the... uh, Innocent until proven guilty? uh, Something tells me the Achoas are going to be given the money back. Apparently, she bought a car with it, too. A car with the money she never got? A car with all those fives? Allegedly, according <laughs> to the bank. Yeah, so I think our lessons are, number one, when you're taking out uh, $5 bills, 
might not want to implicate mom too. I don't know what the lesson is there. <laughs> and then, when you're getting five dollars out for your money cake, because goes around, comes around. Ochoas, because people do those all the time. Uh, I don't know. And then the second, I think, uh, bigger, bigger issue is uh, getting close to retirement. You know, if you like your job, if you like your job, maybe keep it a little longer. So excited she's coming down to the basement. Her name is uh, Janine Galista. She and her co-founder of BizKids, James McKenna, have a new book out called How to Turn $100 into a Million Dollars, Earn, Invest, Save. This book is uh, so crazy fun for kids. And I got to say, it was crazy fun for me to look at. Janine Galista is part of the team that created BizKids, a financial education initiative based on the Emmy award-winning nationally syndicated TV series of the same name. You can find her at uh, bizkids.com. Well, you know where you can find her right now, OG? Coming down to the basement. Janine, how are you? Great. How are you? Well, this is fantastic. I got to tell you, I'm better when I read a title like How to Turn a Hundred Bucks into a Million Dollars because I'm all about that, Janine. <laughs> well, I can tell by the decor here that you are. <laughs> the decor is like $5, not $100. It's very We're, retro. I love the shag carpet. Thank you. We're getting there. So this is interesting. I love what you guys do. What made you decide to start working with kids and talk about biz kids? Well, we were in season five of the Biz Kids TV series. Uh, it's an Emmy award-winning TV series that teaches kids about kids and money. And we felt like we had a substantial library of content and that if we did a book, we would be able to reach kids that maybe weren't accessing the show and but we would how be did able you, to help them do a deeper dive. Yeah, but how did, that's the book. But how did you start with Biz Kids oh, at okay. first? Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh, that's a long story. <laughs> Oh, gosh. It was uh, back in around 2004. I, I got a great opportunity to meet the folks who created and produced Bill Nye the Science Guy. And I had been trying to pitch and launch a show that taught kids about uh, how to start a business. And they'd always wanted to do a show that taught kids about money. So we blended both concepts. And then, you know, they were the heavy hitters because they had 26 Emmys, you know, right. behind their names right. with Bill Nye. So, you know, it only took a year after that. And we were able to get funded by a coalition of credit unions. Oh, how exciting is that? Well, to give people an idea of what we're talking about, I want to uh, focus on, let's focus on a couple actual entrepreneurs. We're going to start off here with Mo and Mo's Bows. Let's listen. People love bow ties, and of course, it's a bow from Mo. It's my Denim and Daisies bow. Go Mo bow tie. This is my Walker tie. It's a bow from Mo. Mo, if you look good, you feel good. I'm Mo from Mo's bows, and I'm turning this into a million dollars. Boom, boom. Mosiah, you have to save in order to have that million-dollar mindset. My mom tells me to save and don't spend. I'm working on a million-dollar mindset. Well, Mosbos is a company that I started when I was nine years old. When I first started making bow ties, I started selling them for a bag of chips. Now I'm selling them for about $50. Boom, boom, hot Cheetos. Boom. <laughs> From a bag of chips to $50. <laughs> I'd say that's a significant markup, Janine. 
Oh my gosh, do you know that last year he signed a contract with the uh, National Basketball Association to do their line of bow ties? I mean, the kid's going to be a millionaire soon if he's not already. So if I want to be Mo, how do I start? Where do I begin? With most of the, the young kids, the entrepreneurs that we see, I mean, they see a need in front of them. He wanted to look good. He was really interested in fashion. He couldn't find uh, any kind of bow tie or tie that really suited his personality. So his granny taught him how to how to sew his own, you know, a sewing machine at the kitchen table. I mean, classic, right? Started at my kitchen table. Just so he could wear them. So start off yeah. with the need in something that you would want and then exactly. go from there. Yeah. And sometimes kids see uh, a problem that everybody else is having. Or, you know, I think we've had uh, a number of kids where they take old, either broken iPhones or broken Xboxes and they fix them and then they sell them. And it started because like their own, their own equipment was broken. <laughs> how, uh, how much is him and how involved is his mom? Because I saw that his mom uh, later yeah. in the video, and we'll link to the videos on our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. But his mom, whose voice we heard there saying, you got to save, which I thought was right. great mom advice. How involved is she? I'm not sure, actually. I didn't. I didn't actually produce that profile. Yeah. But from cursory knowledge, I believe that she's very supportive because she's got really good business sense, and she went with Mo on uh, Shark Tank. They appeared together, and I, I believe Demon John saw that she had pretty good business sense, business skills to help support her son. But, you know, I think for other parents out there that maybe don't have a business background, they can still support their kids with launching a business. They can provide them with ideas, access to resources, help maybe get the first products or services done by family or friends. There's, I mean, you don't have to be a business expert to support to support your kid and helping them make money. I'm going to read from the book, uh, Why Start Now? Why Start Your Business Now? It says, even if you don't make a million on your very first try, here are six fantastic reasons to start a business now before it all before you get all old and wrinkly. Uh, And I love the humor here. Number one, it's awesome. There's nothing like the feeling of taking an idea, making it real, watching it grow. Number two, make big money. Starting your own business is one of the best ways to turn $100 into a million. Once you come up with a profitable idea, the sky's the limit. Number three, there's no time like the present. Seriously, there's no time like being a kid. Grown-ups have all kinds of responsibilities and make it harder for them to take risks. Number four, be your own boss. Number five, fail big. Number six, look smart. And actually, what I love about that is that uh, a lot of those six steps are embracing failure early, right? Oh, yeah. And in the early days of biz, because we actually had Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon.com on our show, and he encouraged people to make more mistakes more quickly because that's how you learn. And, and he gave examples of how Amazon made mistakes in the early days, too, but they kept forging ahead. So. I get so frustrated when, because I like board games, as you can tell by the wall of board games here in the basement, yeah. Janine. <laughs> but, but, but it always frustrates me. over your basement. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it seriously is. But it frustrates me when people, you know, A, they have a hard time learning the rules, which is fine. Everybody does. Once they realize everybody has a hard time. But then when they're not great at it right away, we give up, Right. And, right. and I'm not here. I'm not playing this game anymore. I know. And this is cars go flying. totally the opposite. Don't give up. Take that first no. failed idea and turn it into a better one. Yeah. And when you look at a lot of famous entrepreneurs, they had definitely had failure in the early days. And, and one example in our book is, of course, very famous example, Steve Jobs. He He got kicked out of his own company. I mean, can you imagine how how humiliating, <laughs> disappointing that was for him? But it actually allowed him the time and space to be really creative and, and move on to, to develop other things. An idea is obviously the place to start, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and seeing mm-hmm. a need that you need. But everybody has an idea, as you know, Janine. Where do I go from the idea? What's my next step? Yeah, great question. Um, 
I would put together um, a little bit of a plan, kind of write down what your product or service is, where you think you can sell your product and service, what makes it unique. Um, So kind of writing down your ideas, developing a plan, and then uh, a little bit of a prototype. So if it's a product, obviously make your first batch of cookies or sew that first bow tie. And then go to uh, what I call uh, the friendlies, right? Like family and friends and figure out how much you can sell it for based on the competition or what you think people be willing to buy it for. And if it's a service, you know, do the same thing, like test it out on family and friends. Like you've got to take action. Like from the idea, you've then got to actually go outside your comfort zone and, and try and offer it up to somebody. And then learn from your mistakes, like you said, but it's a lot easier to learn from people that Real. love and care about you, you know, and then even when you, your first customers, like you're, you're going to have mistakes there too, but People, I think in general, don't mind if a young person makes a mistake as long as they try and fix it. Sure. Well, younger or older. I mean, everybody. Yeah. I think there's a lot of adults that can learn from this too. Speaking of prototype, here are some entrepreneurs that did that really well. This was your profile on BizKids with the girls from Snapcaps. We're entrepreneurs who made millions from magnets. (laughs) I was going to middle school and I wanted magnets for my locker. And I drew up some designs and I put them into bottle caps put them into my locker and snap caps were born. I don't really know how the idea necessarily came to me. I just saw a bottle cap and thought I could come up with something from it. After I had seen such a positive response from friends, I decided that other kids out there probably would like them. And I went to my mom and I said, can I sell these? And she said, okay, well, first we need to go out to the bank. And I had saved up all my money and I withdrew $300 and my mom matched this amount and that was used to buy supplies. I just walked into the toy store and said, hi, my name's Maddie. I'm 10, I'm wondering if you wanted to sell my product. And she decided to give me a shot since I'm a kid. And turns out they actually sold. <laughs> That's an interesting story. I think we need to get to mm-hmm. that next, but let's reiterate Maddie's story here. She did exactly what you said, Janine. She took this idea, doesn't know how she came up with it, and then prototyped it first. Right. Yeah. And then did you hear? I just walked into the store. Like, you have to get comfortable with hearing, no, like, just go do it. Just walk into the store. Here's the thing, Joe, is like kids have a secret weapon, right? And they don't realize it. America, like, they love enterprising kids. And so their secret weapon is the fact that they're, they're still kids, they're doing this, and they get a lot of free press. We see a lot of kids that get a ton of free press on radio shows, uh, newspaper, online, because, oh, take a look at this kid. They hold him, him or her up as a shiny example of an enterprising young American. So, And I think that marketing, I mean, yeah. once again, people have people have an idea. You have your business plan. You've prototyped it mm-hmm. with the friendlies. But then marketing is, marketing for me is where, not just with kids, but with adults, where great companies lose because they can't mm-hmm. sell. Yeah, and that, I think that's one thing that worked really well for Mo and Mo's bows. If you take a look at his website and his business cards, I mean, his whole logo, his whole look and feel is very vintage, old school. Even him, like as a young man, as a person, he's got these cool retro glasses. Like he really embodied his brand. And he just nailed it, right? So he's just got this certain sense of style and that pervades throughout his whole brand. Well, I think that's important to know too, is why people buy your brand. Clearly he knows people buy their brand because the classy Mm -hmm. vintage feel of a bow tie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These girls, I think it's the collectability aspect of the caps. Yeah. They have so many designs that gave their customers a lot of variety and then they expanded. I mean, it wasn't just the magnets and they turned them into necklaces. And then I think some footwear, maybe you can add it on to 
uh, your boots. I, I'm not sure, but um, they, <laughs> they, they, they I, definitely expanded their product line. We're going to give something to mom to put on her boots. Very. <laughs> that's our next step. Uh, the four D's of a great business idea. This is right out of the book. Different. It's got to be clearly mm-hmm. both of these ideas, Janine, are different. Yeah, they took a unique spin on an existing product. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The second is desirable. I mean, I look at both of these. I don't want the snap caps, but I can totally see kids being all over those. My kids being yeah. all over them. Yeah. And then a bow tie that looks different and cool mm-hmm. and unique. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's a nine-year-old or who makes it. That's a that's a cool thing to wear. Yeah. Third is dynamic. It's funny because in both of these cases, not only is the product dynamic, but it seems like the kids are kind of dynamic too. Yeah. They're, they're confident. They're well-spoken. But I think even if a kid is shy, they'll develop their confidence yeah. as they grow their business and, and have some wins and, and maybe even some failures and overcome them. So, you know, confidence will, will definitely come. And this is the fourth one. It's got to be doable. I mean, when they talked about doing it on 300 bucks, really 600 bucks because mom matched it. But starting small, I think, and making it doable yeah. is a better place to begin. Yeah. And, and for kids maybe who don't have access to, to $600 to, to start a business, then we tell them, okay, start a service-based business. It's just your own hard sweat and labor, right? And a good attitude, cleaning houses or cars, raking leaves, mowing lawns, pet care, kid care, you know, it's your own time and your own effort. So you, you can still build a great business with, uh, with just that. And, and the key there, again, I think is that differentiation. I mean, if you're going to be somebody mowing lawns, yeah. have something that differentiates you from everybody else. Right. Yeah. Leave a little plant behind for their, for their living room or, uh, you know, offer weeding, you know, as a, for free, it's like a little extra side service. You have a page right in the book, actually, with, I think the proper term is a bajillion business ideas that (laughs) that people could take and make their own. Can we talk about promoting? Because uh, Maddie walked into that toy store and promoted, what are some other ways that kids can promote their business? Well, of course, online, every, you know, kids nowadays are on Instagram and Snapchat. So that's a free, really easy way to promote their business. You know, they could do it the old fashioned way and put up flyers, a local grocery store hand flyers out at school. They could leave business cards or door knockers in their neighborhood. They could just go to a door actually in their neighborhood and just talk to people. Some kids will go to local fairs. You know, and oh, yeah. uh, just b- by the fact that they're there, you know, with a booth, that's how they're promoting themselves. So there's a, definitely a lot of options. But, you know, free and easy options are the online world nowadays. You know, as long as they'd be careful and they've got like a trusted adult helping them. Too. Sure. So Great tips. Important. And then one thing I was surprised to see in the book was to track it, which is what great businesses do, right? You don't just yeah. do things, you test and you track. And that's so important. Yeah, because you can collect some data, right? Some inf- important information on on how well you're doing. And if you don't, then you can't see trends. But maybe you're selling better when you're focusing on a specific neighborhood, you know, for lawn care. Maybe you get 10 clients in a weekend instead of just five, right? So you start to see trends and you're able better to, you're better able to hone your efforts so that you're able to maximize how much you can make for your time and energy. The book is called How to Turn $100 into a Million Dollars. It's from the creators of BizKids. The funny thing is, is this book is for kids, but I totally see adults needing this. Like, <laughs> we get that all the time, actually. Yeah. I have yeah, seen business plans from friends of mine. They're like, should I invest in this business? I'll get the business plan. I'm like, they should probably read this book. Is it doable? Is it desirable? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it's not rocket yeah. science, but it's, it, it is fantastic stuff. Where do people get it, Janine? 
They can either go to our publisher's website at workman.com or it's uh, available for sale, sometimes cheaper actually, on amazon.com. Awesome. And we'll link to it in the show notes at stackybedjamins.com. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about BizKids because obviously the book isn't all you're doing there. Tell me about what's going on in the show. Well, we launched our sixth season last year. We're up to 71 episodes. We cover all topics of financial literacy education and entrepreneurship education. Um, But we also go into schools uh, with lesson plans. We have games on our website that are actually being used a lot in schools, all kinds of free resources. And we're like the bottom line is we're just trying to teach kids how do you make some money and then what do you do with it? Once again, applicable to adults too. (laughs) Fizzkids.com. Janine, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thanks, Joe. Check out those kids making all that money. Can you believe those stories? Forget bow ties or bottle cap magnets. Old Doug's going to throw out the big money idea right here. Check this out. How about messages on bow ties? Ha! You think someone would have figured that out by now, but I guess not everyone's as crafty as Old Doug. Speaking of young kids with no jobs, how about this gem of a question? Which fast food restaurant did Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos work at for his first job? I'll be back with the answer and probably some financial backing for this great idea of mine in just a moment. Big thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Stacking Benjamins. Have you ever tried to hire somebody? If you have, you know it's hard. If you haven't, let me tell you, it's awfully hard because you're sitting in an interview and some people are just great talkers, but what you really want are doers. And it's difficult to know from an interview alone if somebody is the right person or if their resume is correct. So you post to these job boards and you hope you're going to find the right person. But if you think about it, how often do you check job boards? For most people, it's a pretty occasional thing. But there is a place where people go daily to grow professionally and explore job opportunities. In fact, 70% of the U.S. workforce lives there. So that's obviously where you want to be, LinkedIn. You already know LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network. Well, it's also a better way to find great talent. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who posted LinkedIn jobs over the past year. 22 million professionals view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week. And because LinkedIn considers skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your jobs to potential candidates, businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. A business is only as strong as its people and every hire matters. So don't settle for posting and hoping the right person will find your role and apply or that you're just going to find the right talker, right? You want a doer. Go to linkedin.com slash SB and get a $50 credit toward your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash SB for your $50 credit today. Terms and conditions apply. All right, raise your hand. Do you drive an extra five minutes in traffic to save just a few pennies at the gas pump? Well, when's the last time you spent five minutes trying to save on the big things like auto loans? Lucky for you, we brought in Nick Clements from Magnify Money with a few tips on saving money if you find yourself financing a car. If you're buying a new car, there's really no better deal than the 0% financing that would be offered by the manufacturer. The issue really starts to happen if you don't qualify for the manufacturer's financing or you're buying a used car. And in those cases, I I think it's a very good idea to always shop online and get a low rate before you walk onto the lot. 
Uh, chances are high that the dealer will beat it, but if you don't walk onto the lot with a low rate to begin with, you know you won't get the best deal. Thanks, Nick. More than just auto loans, Magnify Money's the perfect spot for reviewing just how well or not your checking and savings accounts are performing. You might just decide to switch banks, and guess what? Why stick with just one bank at all when you can use magnifymoney.com to always find best-in-class stuff? StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney. Average person saves $450 in interest when they go there. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney. Welcome back, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and maybe some people don't see the genius in my totally original idea about selling bow ties with inspirational messages all over them. OG wants to see a flowchart of how all this thing is going to work out. Ain't nobody got time for that. Listen, dude, just pony up the 47 bucks I need to make this dream a reality, and then maybe we'll talk about some flowcharts or other nonsense you're looking for. Hey, but let's tackle something easier first. My trivia. Before the break, I asked you this question. Which fast food restaurant did Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos work at before his first job? The answer, if you said McDonald's, you deserve fries with that. Also, you can go ahead and supersize it for yourself if you also knew that while he didn't love the job, sources say he thought it taught him some good workplace values. You know, personally, I think Jeff Bezos would be my hero if he could just tell me what's really in those cherry pies at McDonald's. Two words for you, folks. Yum me. See ya. Love hearing about young entrepreneurs, OG. Thanks to Janine Glista for coming on down to the basement. So exciting to see these kids, really, the age of your oldest son. How come he's not out there making dad a million dollars? No kidding. I got to be his agent. Be nice. I like the parent involvement here, though, like helping the kids say, you know, hey, you need a business plan, where your material is going to come from. Mm-hmm. And once once the kids write that stuff all up, then saying, OK, I will maybe help you out with a little seed money. Right. Might help you a little bit and then uh, kind of guide their hand a little. I mean, what an exciting way to spend your summer learning how to make money. I think it's important, too, because. You know, you learn early on that it's not all about, you know, the cost of things. It's all about, you know, you got to structure in profit. You got to structure in, you know, all that sort of stuff as as a business owner, you start thinking about from day one. And you realize like when you see something, you know, we just had some work done in our in our house and I got the invoice and it said it was $45 an hour per person. That's how much it cost me. And you got like 12 per people out there working. <laughs> no, thankfully only two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully it was only an hour and a half. But nevertheless, you know, you look at that on its face, you go, oh my gosh, it's a lot of money. But then you got to realize there's all those other layers, right? They had to drive there and pay gas and they've got their equipment that they had to purchase and finance over time. And the earlier you can learn that, I think the better off. I love that. There's also this concept of value, you know? I mean, he's he's given away his bow ties for nothing. And then all of a sudden he realizes these bow ties are a high-end item. And now, you know, then they're 50 bucks in high-end men's stores. So even though his materials aren't a lot of money, he goes, oh, wait a minute. I'm pricing these babies way too low based on what mm-hmm. the what the market expects. Like, and, and it's funny, we were talking, I was talking about that uh, recently with um, our friend Jason Vitug. And he was saying that when he was going across the country his first year talking to people, 
he said he was doing these events where it was free to come and in some places nobody came. The next year he made events where he charged a little bit of money and all of a sudden people wanted to come because the event had value. Now, the onus was on him to make sure it was worth the money he was charging. You know what I mean? But knowing that there is this expectation in the market that if I pay $100, I'm going to get something that's better than if I pay 10 bucks. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. And yep. man, if, and if you can learn that at 10 years old, how great is that? Super we, cool. We haven't learned that yet. We give this stuff away for free. When, of course, we're we, charging. Well, I think, I think a lot of people think we should be sending them 20 bucks with every, with every episode. <laughs> Sorry about this Many one. People listen. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about this, but here's 10 bucks. Could you, could you call, give us a listen? Yeah. Uh, hey, let's throw out David Lifeline OG and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends over at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they're disrupting the life insurance industry, bam, by focusing on what you value most. I would really value my kids making me a million bucks. <laughs> that is it. That'd well, be one and two. That's funny. Your family and your time. And if your family, aka your children, would make you a lot more money, you'd have a lot more time to do whatever sure you want. Would. To learn mixology, like we talked about at the open, that right? So awesome. They were the first life insurance startup that's also wholly owned by the industry giant Mass Mutual to create a high quality, affordable term life insurance policy you can purchase entirely online. Qualified healthy applicants, you can even skip the medical exam. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote and learn about life insurance the modern way. That's stackybedjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. And today we're throwing out that lifeline to our good friend Tan. Say hi, Tan. Hi, Joe and OG. Ever since Susie Orman retired from her show, I've been looking for a financial podcast. Ever since stumbling on your podcast, I am still looking for someone to replace Susie Orman because I still learn nothing. Um, I continue to hope to learn nothing with this question. I'm about to switch jobs, so I want to have a retirement account that I want to switch over to my Vanguard account, a transfer into. That'll be a lump sum of cash. Is it better to dollar cost average or just in- invest the whole thing at one time? It'll be around 70000 Thanks. Bye, Doug. Hey, uh, thanks for that. thanks for that, Dan. It's so awesome. I, I, I thought like we and Susie Orman are in the same conversation now. <laughs> I thought there was a compliment coming there. I'm like, oh, he, oh no, eh, no, yeah. Uh, but that's a lot of money to lump sum into the market right away one time. OG, what do you do? Oh yeah, yeah. It's invested by nightfall. First of all, where did it come from? Right. So if it came from a 401k. You presumably had it invested in your 401k, uh, and now you're transferring it to your Vanguard IRA. You're doing a trustee-to-trustee transfer is what that's called. You know, it was invested yesterday. It should be invested tomorrow. It's, you know, same, same. Stay invested. If it Stay w- the course. If it was invested before, invested at Vanguard the way you want it, keep the money invested. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even if it was cash, which I don't know why it would have been, I would still invest it tomorrow all in one lump sum. Let's, people are uncomfortable with that, but that's you're yeah. just using the odds in our favor, right? I mean, 70% yeah. of the time the market goes up, so it doesn't feel like it the last three, four weeks. <laughs> you know, feels like it's kind of a yo yo. We get these artificial times in our head, like the time that we switch jobs when we think that, uh, you know, because I'm switching the account, that now I have this new account with Vanguard, 
when really it's the same money that was in your 401k before. And I like this, this get rid of that. And it's a continuation of what you were doing earlier. Here's, yeah. here's the deal, Tan. Let's say it came from someplace else. If it came from someplace else, the market goes up, depending on what you read, between 60 and 70% of the time. And if, you know, in those odds, going back to Andy Duke a few weeks ago, <laughs> with those odds, you want to put it in right now. The issue more is you. I can tell you that I had clients where I would make a recommendation back in the day of some fund that they put their money in or something. And if it went south immediately for like six months, they hated that fund. Even though the fund was doing what it was supposed to do, it was just following the current economic conditions. Like it didn't matter what the economics were. It didn't matter how good the manager was. It didn't matter. None of that stuff mattered. That fund from the time I put it in, it went down. And I thought if we had put it in on any other day, but that day, you'd be super happy with this fund, you know, five-star morning star fund, whatever the case may be. It just happened to be that day. Don't fall into that trap, but people often, often do. And that, that ends up being the, being the problem. But I like your idea, the continuation, like in your head, Hey, it was already invested. Why the heck are we going to take it out of the market? Get it back in ASAP. Yeah, it's already going to be out during the transfer time. Yeah, yeah, you're more worried about the transfer time. Like, come on, I don't want them out of the market for, you know, how long is it going to take? A week, two weeks? Uh, Gee, oh, holy cow, yeah. Great question, Tan. We also get letters down here in the basement. Doug just brought down the mail, and uh, we have a note here from Jen. Jen says, hi, Joe and OG. Quick question regarding IRAs. What's the difference in setting up IRAs with banks versus brokerage firms like Fidelity or Vanguard? Great question, and one that uh, you know people often think, but think, oh, I should know the answer to that. I remember having this same very question a long, long time ago. By the way, I still have the same question. No, <laughs> what's the difference? Well, you know, the, the the biggest difference is stuff you can't see, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the bank may have. Uh, a kiosk, <laughs> that's not the right word, a cubicle, where, quote unquote, an investment person sits, right? And you can open your IRA with that investment person. But just because they're sitting in the bank doesn't mean it's actually part of the bank, right? They can't commingle. Banks can't commingle investment assets and, and deposit assets. That's forbidden based on like FDIC rules and all that sort of stuff. So effectively, what ends up happening is it's a separate company, Right. If you look very carefully at the statement, it might say J.P. Morgan Securities. Right. Whereas your bank says J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. Those are two separate companies. They're all umbrellaed under, you know, the head company, but they're separate companies on purpose. And so I think when you look at should I have an investment account at the bank or should I have an investment account, you know, at a big brokerage company, I think you want to look at like what the specialty is, right? And those big brokerage companies, your Fidelities and Vanguards and Schwabs and whatever, that's what they specialize in. Have you ever noticed the Fidelity people really suck at giving deposit rates? <laughs> like your cash pays at like 0% still, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, you can go to Magnify Money and you'll see there are banks out there that are paying one and a half percent interest on savings accounts these days. But not at Fidelity or whatever. You know, I haven't looked, but you get the idea. Yes. It's, it's it's what they're good at. And and when you have a bigger brokerage company, you're going to have access to more products, probably at a lower cost than if you go with a, a captive agency or whatever you want to call it. I remember when I worked, I mentioned I worked at a bank when I was younger. One of my goals was to be the investment guy at the bank. At the bank. Because 
you know, it was the heydays of the 90s and everything was going gangbusters. And I was helping little old ladies with CDs getting 6% thinking that Putnam fund over there is smoking this. And I wish I could tell her about this awesome Putnam fund, you know. But then I pretty much realized within a, a couple of months, all they sold was Putnam funds. That was it. And, yeah. And Putnam's a great company. They're just not great at everything. And so that kind of started my you know financial planning career. But but at the end of the day, it was the captive nature of that. And I think you'll find that at banks nowadays uh, as well. There might be a little bit more product offering, but, um, but they're not going to be able to compete from a cost standpoint or a technology standpoint or any of that other sort of stuff. Well, and that's, that's, my that's my first, and, and that's my first question to the person at the bank that you want to watch out for. And maybe banks have evolved, but I think largely if you ask the question, are you a fiduciary? Is there something I have to sign that says that you're a fiduciary for me? I don't think you're going to find many of those advisors sitting at a bank that can sign that form. Well, they can't. Yeah. I mean, just by the definition of their, of their title, they're not going to be able to do that. I mean, they're registered representatives of the securities company. Yeah. <laughs> what does that tell you? It tells you that you're a representative of a company. You're, you represent who in that organization? The company. Did you see that piece in the basement, our Facebook group that I believe it was Ryan uh, showed us from Reddit. I just don't have enough time to hang out on Reddit. Otherwise, because it's just, it's, that's a black hole for me. Like I'd be there all day. I would totally yeah. be there all day. I, I went down a rabbit hole on something I was trying to buy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll check out, I'll see, I'll see what, you know, there's pretty honest reviews, you know, between Amazon, you got to kind of filter Amazon reviews by people who are getting paid to say it. And then Reddit's all like, it's awesome. It sucks. It's awesome. It yes. sucks. It's awesome. It sucks. Yeah. And everybody's got strong opinions and data. And, uh, but did you see that? That person that asked uh, somebody if they were a fiduciary, and the person said yes, and then proceeded to offer them something, and, and he said, "I thought you said you're a fiduciary." She's like, "Well, I call myself a fiduciary because of da 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 da. <laughs> I call myself a fiduciary because that's all it takes. I don't know if you know this. If I click my heels together three times and say there's no place like fiduciary, I am one." That was so ugly. Declaring it so does not make it so, right? Exactly. Contrary to what a bunch of people in uh, Washington think. Right? <laughs> All right. Thanks a ton for that note, Jen. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackybenjamins.com. And on the top of the page, all you do is click on that questions tab. And guess what? You'll find all the ways you can interface with the show. Great news for people looking for financial help. OG is taking clients. If you want to know what it would take to get OG in your corner, uh, head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash letter O, letter G. That's all it takes to get to his calendar to schedule a consultation to uh, talk further. Coming up on Friday, I'm so excited. We have former Reuters TV anchor uh, and reporter and the host of the brand spanking new Financial Grown-Up podcast, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. Bobby Rebell's joining us, OG. Yay. I know. How about that? So going to be some good times down here in the basement on Friday, so I hope you check it out. Thanks a lot, everybody. All right, uh, Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned? Sure thing, Joe, because pretty much everybody fell asleep while you and OG were talking. I'll tell them what they should have learned today if they could have stayed awake. First, have a great idea for a new widget. As Janine Glista from BizKid says, go get it. Start with a business plan, think of your marketing strategy, and roll it out small to start. You just might come up with the next Snuggie using that approach. 
Second, have some money in an old 401k that you're rolling over? Remember that even if the money is transferred to cash for the rollover, it was already probably invested before you made the switch. So invest it back in the market as soon as possible. But the big lesson? Don't start looking for backers for inspirational sayings on bow ties until Joe's mom agrees to sew them for you. That woman drives a hard bargain. 85% of the company? I can't give away that kind of equity. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just print out some sayings and, and kind of cut them up and tape them on some ties. That could be the next hot thing, right? Special thanks to BuzzKid's own Janine Glista for joining us today. You'll find her book, How to Turn $100 into $1 million, wherever books are sold. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjaminsCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm a lot deeper than you realize. In fact, sometimes I just stand in front of my mirror and reflect. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. I saw this movie OG that is this like backwoods film that's getting absolutely no press. And I was, I'm happy to introduce this to the world so that if somebody's interested, they might uh, get an opinion about it. This is a little known film that they call Black Panther. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go. go. Son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. 
don't freeze. I never freeze. And of course, right after that, you know what happens, OG, after he tells the general that he's not going to freeze? He freezes almost immediately. <laughs> uh, this movie, Black Panther, of course, if you haven't been to see it, uh, or if you haven't heard of it, you're probably the only person uh, alive that hasn't heard of this film. It's in of, of wide release. Disney's made sure of it. <laughs> They're getting their money back every penny on the Marvel franchise. And then some. I've said over and over how sick I am of seeing superhero movies. You had an opening weekend there. I was sitting on sitting, <laughs> sitting in a seat. Watching another superhero movie. Watching another superhero movie. Chad Bozeman plays the Black Panther. Michael B. Jordan plays uh, his uh, cousin, uh, Lupita Nyong'o is uh, another spy, and that's the woman that he freezes in front of who refuses to be his girlfriend. And she's actually even a lot more to the plot than that. Martin Freeman, you know, the guy from uh, Sherlock and what's Martin? Martin Freeman's been in flipping everything. What's cool about Martin Freeman in this movie, OG, he's, as you know, very, very British. And yet he plays an American CIA agent. And when he when he starts talking in an American accent, only for a second that I go, wow. And uh, Cheryl leans over to me and goes, he sounds great. Like he totally sounds American in this film. Uh, th- there's four or five different people in America that could play an American and they choose a Brit and he does a great job. And of course, uh, the upcoming star from... Get Out, uh, it was good to see Daniel Kaloyu uh, also in this in this movie. Uh, Angela Bassett's in the film. I mean, this is just like a Forrest Whitaker. It's a who's who of uh, fantastic actors who take part in this movie. But is the movie any good? Well, here's the thing. I'm so sick of just the same old rehashed, we got a movie, we got a bad guy, we got this thing. And this film is is not that at all. I came out of the movie. I think I called you right after. I talked to you right after the yeah, movie. Maybe even from the parking lot and said, "This is this goes on my list of my favorite films. This is probably the most serious Marvel movies because even though it's a superhero movie, it really it doesn't even disguise that it's tackling a lot of of serious issues." And doing it with some humor, but also doing it with a lot of just straightforward, uh, we've got to solve these issues. So I got to give this a huge thumbs up. Like if you're looking to blast a movie for the blast stuffs and has, you know, the same old superhero, good guy, bad guy stuff, fantastic. But even if you're looking for serious drama, just the way they attack it, man, it would have been so easy for this movie to be heavy handed and be like a message movie and totally get my ire. And uh, none of that, none of that from beginning to end, not just visually spectacular, but I thought the plot was really well done and it threads the needle of not being an in your face message movie. And at the same time, getting all of its points across thought black Panther was a huge win for Marvel so where I think that um, that a film like Deadpool will still be the most gritty movie that they've had and kind of out there, like, what were they thinking? And last year's uh, Thor Ragnarok will be the goofiest movie, which I really wasn't into that. But I see that now they're trying to take the Marvel franchise in all these different directions and kind of surprise you with which way they're going. I'm now put me squarely in the camp of kind of excited to see what they do next year. 
because uh, that's good. You know, the, you know the ones I've liked the least, the Avengers series, because the Avengers series is so big where they bring them all together, these all star, all these superhero cast together. It just seems like a big flipping waste of two hours. I don't know. There's a new one coming out. There has to be such like a explosion every second because all of these uh, people have to be battling something. Yeah, bigger than they than they are together type of thing. And I wondered if that's um, I never got into the Justice League as a kid. I thought that individually, like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, like I thought they were all cool in their own universe. But when they got all of them together, I just found it to be. I don't know. I don't know what I dislike about that. Maybe it's why the all star games I really don't like for sports that much, you know? They're just not that exciting for me. Oh, really? Putting all these people on the same field that uh, don't that usually compete against each other. <sighs> and, and you're not going to call any fouls, and all the pitchers are going to throw strikes on every pitch, and and there's no outcome. That <laughs> doesn't it doesn't matter. The outcome doesn't matter. Yeah, like baseball they fix that, right? Yeah, yeah. I like stakes in my movies, and uh, even in these all star films, there's supposedly some stakes. But I'm like, you think they're going to kill off any of these? superheroes like seriously have anything super bad happen i don't know movies just don't seem to have any teeth this movie certainly had some teeth black panther was was great it was Double just thumbs up yeah, yeah just fantastic all right that's gonna do it for today everybody go stack some benjamins bye-bye well stackers the show might be over but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that i want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law eric who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life, and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.